How's it going, everybody? Happy Thanksgiving, pilgrims. Gobbles. Um, for those of you in the United States of America, I know Canada had one in October. And those of you in the UK, we still love you. We're sorry that you have to go to work. Uh, we're releasing this on Thanksgiving Day here in the United States of America. So, like we were discussing on the B side, those of you with, you know, you have to prepare for the holiday. You have to baste the bird, get the turkey ready, you know, make the macaroni or that disgusting bean green or green bean casserole. Excuse me. Um, I, I know I get tripped up over that because I start seeing the mental image of this puke fest and right. I get disgusted by it. Um, oh, by the way, uh, before we get going, really, before we get fully erect, uh, I would like to mention that this podcast is sponsored by GorisNexus.com and Vandalay Industries, import-export latex experts. So, a couple things I want to get started with. Yes, I, I'm aware that there was a nightclub shooting in the LGBT community. Again, um, fortunately, only five people were murdered. As opposed to the one that happened in Pulse, if you guys remember that. I mean, it's, big, it's, it's super tragic. In Colorado, apparently a combat veteran took the weapon away from the murderer and beat him with it. Thank goodness for that. Um, you know, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. And the calls for banning assault weapons have yet kicked off yet again. Jose Bidano has vowed to, to do so. He, it won't happen. It just, it's not going to happen. He didn't have the votes before. He's not going to have, certainly have them here soon. He so, also said he was going to pay off everybody's student debt, and that didn't work out either. I mean. Yeah, joke's on you. Uh, the voter, that is. Uh, so, yeah. There's, <laughs> aha! <laughs> so, I want to get into something a little bit fun before we get started with some more fun. Uh, I know that we usually bring you more of the same. I did bring you more of the same. We did with the nightclub shooting. Um, just an average day here in this country. Yeah. Just the country you hate. Whatever. You know. Um, that's how we roll. That's It's terribly tragic, and I'm sorry that it happened, and it's, you know. It's awful. It is awful. It's, it's, I don't know why people want to hurt other people. I don't I get it either. I can't fathom that. I don't get it either. I, maybe I feel too much, but I I don't know. Yeah, I. That's all. I hear you, man. I really do. Um, it's it's super sad. It, like I was saying, I'm glad that it was just five people, which is still five too many, and it's and it's a true tragedy. Well, whoever that piece of shit is, I hope they get what they deserve, but they never do. No, of course not. That's that's never going to be the case, unfortunately, because you can only kill them once. You know what I mean? We can't get them twice. Uh, but yeah, so this was in Colorado Springs. The big CO, his name is Richard Fierro. Um, he said he went to, uh, he went at a table in Club Q with his wife, daughter, and friends on Saturday, watching a drag show. Whatever your cup of tea. Suddenly, a flash of gunfire ripped across the nightclub. His instincts from four combat deployments as an army officer in Iraq and Afghanistan instantly kicked in. Fought back. He fought back. He told himself. Interview at his house, uh, Mr. Fierro, 45, left the Army in 2013 as a major, uh, described charging through the chaos in the club, tackling the gunman and beating him bloody with the gunman's own weapon. Fantastic. Fantastic. Saved probably more lives than he will even ever begin to know. Uh, I'm glad that uh, he was there to stop the carnage. Thank goodness for um, uh, Mr. Richard Fierro. Uh, hero of the people. Yes. That's for sure. So... Grateful for that. Now, 
I want to get into something light, a little bit lighter, okay? One of my favorite directors of film is Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. okay? Probably my, we're going to get into how we want to rank these. I'm going to, we're going to give each movie 10 stars to start. Okay. Out of how many, how, how many do you give out of 10 stars do you give these films? I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm incredibly biased for the following films. Reservoir Dogs, Kill Bill Volume 1, okay, Django Unchained, and Inglorious Bastards. Pulp Fiction is probably my favorite out of all of them. Uh, I consider, I mean, Pulp Fiction isn't his OG, right? Um, There's a lot more that we're going to get into. So, we're going to start off. So, I'm going to go ahead and give Pulp Fiction out of 10 stars... I'm going to give it a 9.5. I think a 9.5 is excellent. Again, there's no such thing as perfection unless it's the Lord of the Rings Return of the King Extended Edition. This has already been established. You all know that. 9.5 out of 10 stars, I think, between the soundtrack, the acting, his style of directing, that entire film is 9.5 out of 10 stars. It's incredibly quotable. Um, You know, shit that uh, the whole Jack Rabbit Slim scene... Uh, the roll in the joint in the car, the five dollar milkshake. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go medieval on your ass. Mm-hmm. Pair of pliers and a blowtorch. This is some hardcore stuff. How do you feel, Angel, about Pulp Fiction? How many stars would you give out of ten? Out of ten, um, well, I will say that it's. I haven't watched another movie that has been made like that movie storyline character development um the way that that movie was written to me that it it is in a category of its own by itself Mm -hmm. just the uniqueness of it in my opinion um i would probably have to say you know i mean anytime that movie is on i watch it just like lord of the rings so um, I have to say I would probably give it, you know, 9.5, 9.6. Okay. Christopher, what do you think? Uh, Pulp Fiction is a masterpiece. And uh, when it comes to film, it's probably as close to perfect as I think you can get in my mind. So I'm going to give it a 9. 9.8. It's, it's still not quite perfect, but to me, that, that movie is a masterpiece. I agree. Beginning to end. Well said. Well said. Next, I would like to bring up one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm going to be honest. I have not watched it yet. I have I've, not. I've watched film. it. I have not watched it either. Um, I've, I've watched What is your number that you would give it, Christopher, without giving away too much, obviously? Just your rating, if you will. So, like, the whole movie is, like, I don't know. It's just really weird because I'd say, like, the vast majority of the movie would be mid as hell. So, a middling five. And then, like, the last 15 to, like, 20 minutes of the movie are, like, that's what I've been waiting on. The whole fucking movie is something like this. And then that last portion makes suffering through the rest of that shit like the payoff was like to me was worth it because you were like 
there's there's the Tarantino that I'm that I'm looking for. Like that's that's it right there. <laughs> it's like so over the top. That's all I'm gonna say. But like like I said, the last twenty minutes of the movie are are, are great. Um, okay. So I guess overall, like I would probably have to give it. And it's not that it's a terrible score, but because the movie drags so much at the beginning and throughout most of the movie. Honestly, like I'm gonna give it like at most like a six point seven five, maybe a seven. But like that last, the last part of the movie is great. So if anything, I don't know. Like you really have to watch it all though for that for that payoff to actually feel like a payoff. So I guess it succeeds in that way. So maybe I view it as something negative, but somebody else might see it as like oh, like you know that's that's what it was all about and that last portion of the movie is great but man it's just like and you know how quentin tarantino is like he's like real like lots of dialogue like mm-hmm. lots of exposition and stuff like that but for sure but uh but yeah it just doesn't really seem to shine through until like that last that last portion so the pay you gotta watch it for the payoff I'll, okay i'll say that Watch it for the payoff. You you're probably gonna be like three quarters of the way through that movie, and you're gonna be like, "God damn it, Chris! What the fuck were you talking about? This movie was fucking dog shit." And then you're gonna get to that part, and you're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> now I know what he was talking about." Right on. Now I'll I'll have to over the break. I'm gonna I got I got a lot of stuff to get through. I, need, I definitely need to watch this film. Okay, and I should clarify, we're talking about films that. Quentin Tarantino has both directed and wrote and, and written the, the film because there's plenty of them where he didn't do any directing or he just did the writing or so like he did the producing, producing exactly so we're going to keep it and we're also going to be excluding any, uh, any amateur films that he did so we're talking like you know big motion pictures so of course I'm going to go back so we have we took care of Pulp Fiction we took care of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Next, I'd like to talk about Reservoir Dogs. Um, of course, as you well know, I am a huge fan of that film. Uh, you can see the new artwork that we have for the show is inspired by that film. Everything about that, Michael Madston's performance with, um, you know, the dancing uh, with, you know, when he's about to torture the policeman, that whole fucking thing. And then I read up that the actor who played the cop did such a good job with pleading for his life uh, that Madston was kind of fucked up and had to take breaks because it was that strong of a performance. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing, the Mr. Pink, why is your name Mr. Pink? Because you're a fucking fag. Um, that's dialogue from the film. All of it, it you know, Buscemi's in it. It's just a lot of fun. I would give that film... A nine out of ten. Angel, what do you think of Reservoir Dogs? I think it. I think it's a top-notch movie. I don't know if I would give it a nine out of ten. I enjoy the movie thoroughly. Um, I'm gonna go an eight point five on this one. Oh, eight point five is still pretty good. That's still pretty good. Because I'm. I'm sorry. I gave nine point. You know, 
whatever to uh, Pulp Fiction. Like it's and Pulp Fiction is way better than Reservoir Dogs, in my Agreed. opinion. Story, Agreed. character, all of that. So <laughs> budget. <laughs> yeah. Well, I understand that, but I'm just saying, like, even character wise, like the story development and things like that, like it's still a good, interesting, mm-hmm. different kind of movie, but there's a scale here, so Agreed. Agreed. All right. Christopher, what do you think of Reservoir Dogs? Uh, I really do like Reservoir Dogs, but I'm going to give it a solid eight. Um, great movie, but not my favorite Tarantino film. Okay. That's that's fair. That's fair. Um, I don't know if we can classify any of the films that he directed and wrote as being duds. Probably not. No, we're going to have no, our no. favorites, and we're going to have our not-so-favorites. So now that we got through Reservoir Dogs, we've gotten through Pulp Fiction, we're it's towards we kind of jumped a little bit the line a little bit. We went way ahead with his latest film, and then we went all the way to the back of the line. So now we're going to kind of follow along in chronological order, okay? Okay. So the next thing that he both wrote and directed was Jackie Brown. Now, I remember Jackie Brown, 1997. I watched it in 1998. Has uh, Robert De Niro in it, of course. Everybody's favorite motherfucker, Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, AK-47, when you positively absolutely have to kill every motherfucker in the room, except no substitutes. That is a line from the film. I could be butchering it, but that's how I remember it. I have it on VHS. I've never seen this movie. It's um, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, kind of a, the same vibe that you get for most of his films, with the jump of the timeline from one thing to another. I give Jackie Brown I give Jackie Brown a 7.2 out of 10. It is not my favorite, and I'm being objective here as best as I can. So I, it's a lot of fun, but, but it's definitely a 7.2. It's worth a watch. To t- I mean, it's worth a watch for all the whole catalog, but this film is fun. I-, I-, I like it. Christopher, did you watch Jackie Brown? So Jackie Brown is the only Tarantino film that I have not watched. No and kidding. I- and I don't have a valid reason why I've just never watched it. Just never just, got around to it, man. Just never got around to it. I didn't know it was a, a thing that he made, so. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, I-, I-, I, knew- I-, I knew it was a movie that he made, but I just some odd reason or another just never got around to watching that's okay next we're going to move up to a very fun one and i rate this one very high and that would be kill bill volume one kill bill volume one for me out of the the two films to me is incredibly better than the second one we'll get to the second one in just a second kill bill volume one the cinematography um, this, as usual, his soundtrack game is is absolutely par excellence. Tarantino knows how to match music to scenes to cinematography, the whole fucking thing. I love his. I have a strong adoration for surf music. I, in fact, I have the Pulp Fiction fucking soundtrack on vinyl down here in the used guys in that closet. Okay, I love I love his soundtrack. There's a band that's in that show called the Five Six Seven Eights. The song is famous. I'm not going to sing it. It's been used in commercials, um, but uh, they're playing at the restaurant where um, our um, our hero goes apeshit and kills everybody in the room. Fantastic film. Lots of fun. I enjoyed the story. 
the particular scene that sticks out in my mind in that film is this is the duel between um, who is the lady uh, Lisa Liu is that her name or my Lucy Liu Lucy Liu Lucy Liu where they're in the garden and the snow is falling very gently mm-hmm. and the swords come out it's that very beautiful. is fucking excellent mm-hmm. it's an excellent movie the cinematography all that stuff and of course when I my father watched he's going to be ninety one in a couple of days. And he was like, this is ridiculous. There's too much blood. Nobody would be able to fight that many people the same. I'm like, can we just try to have fun with this? He didn't enjoy it. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but no, it's uh, I give that film uh, a solid 9.0 out of 10. That is my rating for Kill Bill Volume 1. I'm going to pass it over to you. Angel, what do you think? Um, this is a little bit of a different style of a movie. Um, it's kind of same along the lines of like character building and character development. And like, it kind of feeds into previous, you know, it, it feeds from Pulp Fiction because like it, it kind of references like the, um, pilot, you know, um, I think, yeah, the pilot that, uh, what's her name? Uma Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. It, you know, talks about playing... And being in Fox um, Force 5. Yeah, Fox Force 5. And she talks about like the five different characters. And so like it ties into that. But it's also like just a really fun movie with a lot of cool like action shots. And, you know, like there's just Mm -hmm. always something going on. I'm never bored when I watch a Quentin Tarantino movie. And that this movie is another one of those movies. Um, I'd have to give it an eight. Okay, you're giving it an eight. All right, Christopher, what is your take on Kill Bill Volume One? Uh, I give Kill Bill Volume One a solid. I'm going to give it a solid eight and a half. It's pretty good, uh, and it's Quentin Tarantino mashing up a couple of different genres that he really loved, which was kind of like spaghetti western type of stuff, and like with the Japanese influence, and then like you mash that stuff in together. You kind of get Kill Bill, so <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I I liked it. It it was it's it's good. Um, definitely ranks up there in, in the higher ranks, but uh, uh, the second one. Oh yeah, we're gonna talk about Kill Bill Volume Two. So so you gave it an eight point five mm-hmm. out of ten. That's a solid rating. Solid rating. Nothing uh, five or under yet. Nothing five or under yet. Uh, Kill Bill Volume 2, I'm going to come right out and give it a 6. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it didn't... And of course, here I am sitting in this fucking chair. Who am I? But as far as consuming it, you have high anticipation, high expectation. The bar is set incredibly high with Kill Bill Volume 1. And I just didn't get the same feel for Kill Bill Volume 2. I did find it interesting that the Mythbusters actually had to test what Tarantino did... So Uma Thurman's character is the bride. She's in a coffin, buried alive, and she punches her way through this coffin to dig herself out. The Mythbusters actually, like, it became such a pop cultural thing that they're like, we're going to test this theory if it's possible using an MMA fighter to see, because they're the most extreme, someone who get the hardest, and they found that it's... um. Um, not probable. It's probably not going to happen, probably. Uh, but it's still a fun movie. Um, David Carradine is who, who plays uh, Bill, correct? That's mm. who's... Um, yes. And he's no longer among the living, unfortunately, from what I understand. 
Uh, he took his own life, I think. Uh, really? I think so. David That's Carradine, awful. I think he did. That's you might awful. want to fact check me on that one. But I'm giving Kill Bill Volume Two a six. The little girl is in it. He, she reunites with the, you know the daughter that was literally cut out of her stomach. Um, it's it's nice, you know. Would I watch it again and again and again, like Kill Bill Volume One? Probably not. Um, but I give it a six out of ten. Angel, what do you think about Kill Bill Volume Two? Okay, so I'm I'm still gonna give it an eight, and here's why I give it an eight. It's it's different from Kill Bill Volume One, but you see that like in that movie, she's really motivated, she's angry, and she she takes out a lot of the people that you know were against her, right? And mm-hmm. so like the second movie is like a continuation of that story, and I don't really care for some of the characters that are in the movie. I will say that, like, the, the lady with the eye patch. I, di- I didn't really care for, like, that whole setup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and a couple of the interactions, like, where she does fight some of these, you know, other people um, that, you know, to, to get to Bill. So there are some things that I didn't really care for, but there was a conclusion to the story, and she got what she wanted which was her daughter, who she thought was dead. Mm. And even though, you know, she killed Bill and all of that, like, she kind of regretted it towards the end. And so there was, like, there was still that character development, and it was a conclusion to a well-written story, in my opinion. So I give it an 8. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Christopher, your rating and your opinion, please. I give it a 7. I think it was just one of those things that, at least for me, like, the movie... Like, Volume 2 was just so hyped up at the time. Because um, he was just on fire after that first one. And it was just, like, so hyped up. And it just didn't quite... To me, it just didn't quite live up to my expectations. Right. I can't really... I mean, it was all right, you know. It it, it, it just wasn't as, like... The, the, the first one was so much better. Yeah, that's how I felt about it, too. And like I said, I fully, you know, accept that the bar was set incredibly high by the first one. And, um, you know, it is what it is. But it's not a bad movie. I would not call it a bad film or a poorly done film. It just wasn't my particular favorite. We all have our biases. So next, the next one, uh, I haven't seen this one. And that's Grindhouse, Death Proof. I can't give you a review. Angel, have you seen Grind have you seen Grindhouse? Yes. What do you think? I'm gonna be honest about this movie, and I know a lot of people are probably gonna be disappointed. I'm gonna give this a six. I'll tell you why that is. Okay. Okay. It, it's good action wise. It's a good movie. However, it's not Quentin Tarantino the way I interpret quentin tarantino movies to be it was just more of like a hodgepodge of almost it reminded me kind of almost like a superhero movie okay that's why i don't know i haven't seen it so i'm gonna take your word i think that's the one because there there's planet terror too but he didn't direct that or write that one so we're not talking about planet terror unfortunately because he didn't write it and he didn't direct it so he can't be that one cannot be included in the our um, not extensive list. It's um, really, really action-packed, and it's cool. 
And like, you know, it's just not what I expect of a Quentin Tarantino movie. So that's why the low rating. All right. Christopher, weigh in for us, please. Um, I'm going to give uh, uh, Death Proof, I'm going to give it a seven. Oh. I like I liked it. But since we can't talk about Planet Terror, I just wanted to state real quick that those movies were presented as a double feature um, in the movies. Oh. So whenever you went to watch it at the movie, it was Grindhouse Presents, and there was Planet Terror and Death Proof, and they played together back-to-back at the theater, Interesting. at least upon initial release. So okay. I really feel like they almost kind of belong together in like a anthology kind of sense mm-hmm. um but uh but yeah i i liked planet terror better <laughs> but that, <laughs> All right. that was robert rodriguez so sure. bet- between the two parts i liked the non-quentin tarantino version better but um i, I mean i did like it it was just like kind of like drawn out <laughs> For such a a simple concept where like a lot of it takes place like in the car, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So right on. And it was, I mean, it was a it was a good movie. It's just not, I don't know, not what I expect from Quentin Tarantino. And it's a different kind of storyline. And it was it's kind of more of a mainstream kind of storyline, like Fast and Furious meets zombie type of film combined together. You know, like there's like all this chaos going on and that that's what it reminded me of. More of a like a mainstream kind of movie. Okay. If that makes sense. All right. Cool. I, I haven't seen it. I add it to the list of things that I have to accomplish, hopefully, before I die. Um, the next film I would like to talk about, if we're going in chronological order, is one of my favorites, and that is Inglorious Bastards. Um it's one of those it's one of those movies that I will stop what I'm doing to watch that unless it's the edited version on some cable television I'll still network. watch it uh, I need the full heat I need all of it I I'm a huge fan of inglorious bastards uh, killing Nazis I mean who doesn't like a Nazi killing movie um, all you know all fingers and toes in the pool I'm ready to go um, Christopher and I regularly reference so does Angel. Uh, the scene where Brad Pitt speaks third best Italian, uh, where the C correcto, Gorlami, Bongiorno, uh, Arrivederci, um, all of these fun things. And the individual who plays the SS Colonel Hans Landa is the character's uh, name. That actor, what's his real Waltz. My goodness. I was, you... I was about to say that was my introduction to him. That's the first time. I've seen Christoph Waltz Same. anything. Same. And I was blown away. There's one particular scene that will always sit out, uh, sit out um, stand out to me, excuse me. If you haven't seen the film, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, spoiler alert. So there's a part where he comes to a French cottage. And he comes in and he's very polite. Um, he's adroit but polite. And he sits down and um, he meets uh, the daughters of this individual who owns this cottage and is the farmer. And they ask him if he wants something to drink. And he's, he drinks milk and he drinks the entire glass of milk all in one shot. And the character that he plays 
switches from a and by the way the pipe that he's using he smokes he starts smoking out of this ridiculous pipe and i didn't know this at the time but it's the same pipe that sherlock holmes uses and he's supposedly called the jew hunter that's his character's um uh you know i guess his um nom de guerre uh in world war ii is that he hunts jews and people who are hiding them and the pipe that he's using is the pipe that Sherlock Holmes used. So here he is, the big investigator. I didn't know that nod to Sherlock Holmes. Once again, Tarantino showing us the depth of, uh, of, of his knowledge and, you know, giving homage in certain spots. The way this actor changes his entire, like, facial features to go, you're hiding enemies of the state under your, you know, under your floor, aren't you? Like, his, the friendliness, and again, this is a, a credit to the actor, who goes from friendly and, you know, warm and, you know, like he's speaking French to him fluently. And then he's like, we're going to switch to English real quick so that, you know, nobody, you know, nobody can hear what we're saying. And he says, you're hiding enemies of the state under your, underneath your uh, your floor, aren't you? And like, it, it like it's just the complete switch. And then, of course, um, like I said, a lot of Nazi killing, which, again, that's right up my alley. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that. Um, and then, of course, the alternate ending were Goebbels. Not Gobbles, but Goebbels and uh, Adolf Hitler get machine gunned in a theater that gets set on fire by a Jewish girl. I mean, uh, that's that's what I'm looking for. And then carving the swastika into the colonel's uh, forehead after he cuts the deal. And he says, ooh, that's bingo. I mean, that's because he's trying to use American euphemisms and Brad Pitt's character. He's like, actually, we just say bingo. And he goes, ooh, bingo you know like it's just it's comical but it's fun i'm gonna go ahead i've talked enough if you haven't seen it for the love of christ or whatever you believe in please go watch it it's a lot of fun 9.1 out of 10 i give it 9.1 out of 10 that's that's a rating here um what do you think angel of inglorious bastards i'm gonna give it a nine same same reasons um just the the character development of each individual person the different things um you know, that they're doing, their mannerisms, um, down to, you know, you're talking about that one actor who is the SS officer, and he meets um, the French girl who ends up, you know, setting the theater on fire and, and all that. Shoshana. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's sitting across from him at this uh, French restaurant, and because they want to meet with her, she's going to be hosting this movie and, you know, all of this. So she's sitting across from him and, you know, he he offers to buy her coffee and um, a pastry. Strudel. A strudel. And, you know, he says, well, like, do you, don't you want cream or whatever? And so, like, he won't let her eat her pastry until the cream comes. He's like, ah, 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 wait for the cream. See, aren't you glad you waited for the cream? Like, it's just, it's very interesting just yeah. how those little mm -hmm. interactions, and she cannot stand to be near him because she's he's, terrified. He killed her family. Yeah, he killed, he killed her entire family, and she's living under an assumed name. And the way Hans Landa, the character, is staring at her, there's this moment, this uncomfortable silence where the SS officer is just staring at her. Like, I, like he, I think he says something to the effect, like, I feel like I've seen you before, mm -hmm. and just stares at her. And then he smiles, and he's like, well, anyway. Uh, and then moving on, and then uh, Shoshana's character, like, breaks down because she was keeping it together the whole time. Again, solid. Christopher, your rating, please. Tell us what you think of Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards, 
my second favorite Tarantino film, so Pulp Fiction, Inglorious Bastards. Excellent. Number two in my book. Uh, so I'm going to give it a 9.5. I love it. Nine watched, point? I've watched it multiple times. I never get tired of it. Excellent. Yeah, it's Excellent. a good movie. Yeah, no, it's... Uh... It's like Die Hard at Christmas time. It's just something that you should watch on a regular basis. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it's well done. It's a, it's a good movie. Next is probably one of my top three, and I'm not saying that lightly, and that's Django Unchained. Um, it's kind of like um, Inglorious Bastards meets Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, it's got, it's like, first of all, Jamie Foxx does an excellent performance of Django. Fantastic. And then what's the character's name or the uh, the actor's name again? He played the SS guy, and then he plays the German doctor in this one. What was his name, Christopher? Oh, Christoph Waltz. There he is, Herr Waltz. Well, he plays this German dentist, and he um, frees Django and teaches him how to shoot and become a bounty hunter and, and read. read yeah. He teaches him how to read. He educates him and all this other stuff. And um, the one for me that steals the show in this one is Leonardo DiCaprio as Miss, is Monsieur Candy, Calvin Candy from Candyland, uh, who is a plantation slave owner in, was it Chickasaw County, Mississippi. Um, you Tarantino does a great job of showing us the divide between these uppity motherfuckers who own people and like the way he presents himself as being educated by one, because at the time I I didn't know this, but during that, I guess um, the 1850s, uh, being a francophile, like imitating French culture and being like a big fan of that was because they were viewed as the pinnacle of Western civilization. I guess I don't I, I'm not 100 as a, someone who loves to study history that I'm not aware of or wasn't aware of it. Um, again, I'm not from the South, so I have no idea if that's true or false. Um, I know of Anglophiles where we're from, people who like the British and all what they do, but the French not so much. However, like it's funny how this character, uh, the, the the dude who plays the German dentist, he was like when he was told that uh, Calvin Candy liked to be called Monsieur Candy, he starts speaking French, and his uh, and uh, the plantation owners uh, lawyers like don't don't speak French to him. He, he does he you'll embarrass him. He doesn't know how to speak French because he's a charlatan. He pretends to be educated. He pretends to be cultured, but at the end of the day, he's just a plantation owning son of a bitch, and he runs the Mandingo fights where there's no historical evidence to point out if it was real or not. There are some sources that say it is real, some sources that say it is not real. But like Tarantino said, whatever you can imagine, it was probably far worse than what was depicted on film. Like where they have, um, so there's a, a lady that's involved, her name is Brumhilda, and that's Jamie Foxx's wife. They got married in secret, and because they were slaves... Um, his wife was sold to Candy and went to Candyland. And the first thing that you see is that she's a runaway. So they had to tattoo her face because she was a runaway. She tried to get away. And then they, the first um, interaction you have with her is they get her out of the hot box, which was, you know, for disobedient slaves. They put you in this metal box in the Mississippi fucking heat and keep you in there naked, which is whatever. Like, like he said, whatever he depicts on film we can imagine that it was far worse than real life yeah. for these people. Um, and the way that um, Samuel L. Jackson plays the head of the staff of the house slaves. And he does a phenomenal 
job as usual. Sam Jackson brings it, always, always brings it. This film is excellent, and the good guys fucking win. Unfortunately, we lose the good doctor along the way, but um, the whole ending of the film, the slaughter of all of these people, it was fantastic. The good guys do win in that one. And Tarantino makes an appearance himself in the film as an Australian miner, and he does not make it um, uh, at the end. So um, it was, again, one of my favorites. My rating is a 9.2. 9.2, Django Unchained. Angel, what do you think? Um, I have to probably give it a 9. Okay. Again, it's it's a solid movie. Um, it's a one of my favorite movies. Um, I, the story again, the character development. I like how in the movie, like he, you know, can make his horse like do stuff, like all the tricks, and you know, I I don't know. I think it's a good movie. It is. It's a good excellent. Movie. It's uh, there are a lot of good scenes that like, you know, comedic scenes as well. Um. With the, the KKK members, and there's this one guy who had his wife cut all the holes in the sack, and, like, people can't see. And, like, he's, like, you know, the guy basically says, like, fuck you. Next time, don't ask me or mine for nothing. And he rides off on his horse. Yeah. It, like, it's it's really funny. And so Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill's one of the Klansmen in that movie. Mm-hmm. Jonah Hill, yeah. So there was a star stuck in. He's like, I can't see a goddamn thing out of this mask. It was great. And then they all get blown up. Which is the best part. So, yeah. So, you give it a nine. Mm-hmm. Give it a nine. Okay. We're handing it over to Christopher. What is your opinion on Django Unchained? I, I too, give it a, a solid nine. Good movie. Enjoyable. I, it ranks up there. Probably, probably my third favorite Tarantino film. So, yeah. I give it a solid nine. Excellent. Excellent. Again, if you haven't seen any of these... Like, I have homework to do, you have homework to do. These are lots of fun. Lots of fun. Um, There's another movie called The Hateful Eight. That movie was pretty that's good. Up, that's up next. That's up next. And that, yes, The Hateful Eight, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. We come to the end because we started at the beginning because we went with Once Upon a Time uh, in Hollywood first. Kind of like a Tarantino film. Yeah, we did. We totally bucked the we order. Tar- we Tarantinoed the order of the Tarantino. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Well said. This one I enjoyed a lot, too. Sam Jackson is in this one. Um, There's another actor that was in um, uh, Django Unchained that was one of the antagonists that becomes sort of a protagonist in this film. Uh, It's basically these folks get stuck at this general store slash hostel in the middle of a snowstorm and... Um, it's, it's fun. I give it, uh, I, I'll give that one a 7.9. Um, it's just, I, I wouldn't call it one of my favorites, but it's definitely not dislikable. It is enjoyable. Uh, I do, I do like it. So yeah. What do you think, Angel? I gave it a 7.9. 7. I have 9. to, I have to agree. I think 7.9 is, is a good spot for that. All right. Excellent. And then Christopher, what do you think of the hateful eight? I like it, but I'm going to go just a little bit lower than you guys at a seven and a half. At a seven and a half. Okay. Still a solid movie. It's solid. but It is. Between the two uh, like legit westerns, between Django Unchained and, and uh, Hateful Eight, I, I like Django better. Oh, yeah. Same. It's not even close for me. But, yeah, it's still good. It's still fun. It's still well done. 
Yeah. That rounds out our list. Uh, we'd like to, th- you know, know what you think. You know what I mean? Do you have a particular favorite? Is Do you think that Pulp Fiction isn't that good? Why do you feel that way? I haven't met anybody really that likes Tarantino films that puts Pulp Fiction at the bottom of the stack. That's for sure. What about Natural Born Killers? Didn't he write that? Natural Born Killers. That's a great question. Natural Born Killers, he did not direct it, and he wrote the story. Uh, but he did not direct the film. Okay, so we're not going to no. rate that one because he didn't direct it and write it? Correct. we okay. got to keep the scope a little bit more narrow on this one. Like, for example, True Romance, which was my first jump into the fire. I've never seen that. Yeah, it's got James Gandolfini's in the film. It's like one of his big, it's his first like real big role that he gets. Uh, that's that's a good movie. But again, he did not direct that film. Um, but yeah, yeah. Do you remember Crimson Tide? It has Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman. It's about a nuclear submarine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he um, he didn't direct it, but he was uncredited as a writer for that one, so we wouldn't be able to talk about that. Another uh, film, there's a couple of films that I like that he wrote or he was an executive producer from Dust Till Dawn. That was a fun movie. Four Rooms was a really good movie. And um, The Rock, uh, I believe that's a Michael Bay film. Um, he uh, is an uncredited writer for that I don't one. think I've seen that one. It's got Sean Connery in it. And Nicolas Cage, the everyman for himself. Yeah, that's him. Nick Cage is in that one. It has to deal with VX gas and these Marines take over Alcatraz Island. Sounds boring. A lot of explosions. I wouldn't call it boring. I would call it Michael Bay. It's going to have explosions in action. And this time it doesn't have dinosaurs or robots. He saved that for Transformers later on. So, but yeah. So that's it for that list. Uh, again, I want to hear what you have to say. Let me know what you all think. I'm curious to hear about it. Now, I want to go to another list. Okay. Another list. Happy Thanksgiving ahead of time, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Angel is renowned for not liking turkey. It's okay. Let me go ahead and get through this. I'm just this. not a big turkey person. Let me go go ahead and get through this, okay? The turkey, in my opinion, is the star of the fucking show. Okay, the turkey is the the is on the marquee. Thanksgiving starring turkey, co-starring macaroni and cheese. You know what I mean? And cheesecake or whatever, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, the turkey's star of the show. Yeah, star of the show. Okay. okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. The bell of the ball, if you will. <laughs> The bell of the ball. Yeah, the turkey <laughs> is the bell of the ball. <laughs> That's fucking great. I love it. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Serious face. You're hiding enemies of the state underneath your floor. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk about things that we hate about Thanksgiving. Foods, not people. People, we could be here all fucking day long. Okay. Um. Have you ever heard of Devil's Delight, also known as the Waldorf Salad? Um, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I've heard of, of the Waldorf Hysteria, but I've not heard of the salad. You've heard of Waldorf Astoria. Yeah, the that The famous place. hotel. Yeah. Waldorf Salad, apparently, is <laughs> one of the most hated items that is consumed or prepared for, like, for example, when people come to your house and they're like, hey, 
I got the, I went to Acme or whatever, Publix or Piggly Wiggly, whatever the fuck you are, or Tesco over in the UK. Okay. And I brought this four, four quid or $4 uh, pumpkin roll that's about, you know, four inches. And they decide to eat 15 pounds of fucking turkey, eat all of your macaroni and cheese, all of the delicious rolls, and they get to go items. Okay. So we're talking about things that people bring that nobody wants. That's what the salad is? That's what the salad is. I'm going to tell you what's <laughs> okay. in this fucking salad. <laughs> All right. Let it be known, if this is ever brought to a used guy's occasion, whether it's the ugly dick sweater party, <laughs> whether it's fucking dinner of the month club, whether it's fucking, I don't care if somebody's funeral, baptism, bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah, Whatever the, the Cleveland Browns game, I don't Coming to say fuck. hi. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. This is a fruit and nut salad made of apple, celery, walnuts, and grapes, dressed in mayonnaise, served on a bed of lettuce as an appetizer or a light meal. Let me tell you right now, this is a crime. It's like bringing cauliflower soaked in Frank's Red Hot and calling it, oh, I made buffalo uh, cauliflower wings. You will be arrested and detained on site if you bring that to my fucking house. Get the <laughs> fuck <laughs> out of here. Okay, I, yeah. All right. Well, okay? it sounds Get disgusting, but okay. It sounds disgusting. Okay. Vile. Yeah, vi- yeah, vile. Variations of this putrid dish include the following items. Poultry. We already have poultry. It's called the fucking turkey. Okay? We have the bird. We the know what bell the of the ball. Is it like chicken salad and then you just add all that shit into no. it? Is that what you're talking about? By the poultry? Dried fruits such as raisins and dates. Yogurt dressing zest of citrus and cauliflower or corn. This is just shit that you have in your pantry, and you just decided to shovel this shit together in a bowl, toss yeah. it, and put it in a fucking Tupperware, and brought it to your relative's house. Fuck you and this salad, <laughs> Waldorf or not. I was going to say, it's like with the Waldorf. He's like, you know what I always thought would go great with apples? Some fucking mayonnaise. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like, when I'm sitting there eating the juicy sweet apple, I'm like, man, wouldn't this be great if I could dip it straight into a jar of mayonnaise? But then you think, oh, you need some crunch. Let me put some fucking walnuts in there. Bada bing, bada boom, you got a fucking salad. (laughs) Oh, man. That reminds me of, like, when you go to, like, a more upscale restaurant, you know, that's not like a TJI Fridays, and you look at the menu, and they have all that shit on there, that's just meant to make you feel stupid. <laughs> You're like, that sounds fucking disgusting. And people order it, and they're like, this is pretty good. And I'm like, it's gross. Like, I don't know. Somebody... It's American as apples and <laughs> And yes, Angel, to uh, answer your question... The Waldorf Astoria was the hotel where it was served. Okay. So New York can keep that disgusting fucking salad. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Okay. And so it was made to trick rich people is what you're saying. It was uh, in 1896. That's how bad things were in 1896. They were like apples and mayo and a little bit of crunch. This sounds great. 
You know what I mean? We still have horses shitting in the street. Indoor plumbing is questionable. It's New York. It's hot. No air conditioning. Why don't you serve that mayo and fucking apples right now? I'm feeling good. They did it. Go over there and get that room temperature mayonnaise. Yeah. I think you're right. A lot of this shit, it's kind of like abstract art where they hang like a blue dot on the wall and they're like, this is the artist's rendition of the 1917... Uh, Battle of Passchendaele in the First World War. It's a blue fucking dot. Yeah. Don't like, yeah. And Kurt Vonnegut talked about this. He said that poor working class people thought that art was like a scheme to make them feel stupid. Mm-hmm. And I and sometimes like again, I'm not religious, but if you paint Jesus and the Virgin Mary or him on the cross or walking around with Joseph or like you know hanging, I'm like okay, religious art. There's this is a picture. I can I can see what Jesus is like mad or he's dying on the cross or. Whatever, it's Charlemagne, or it's Joan of Arc, and all this other... Or it's T-Rex. Or it's T-Rex, T-Rex behind me, right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I get it, that's art. As soon as you start playing, well, Jackson Pollock, listen, guy, you don't need to talk to me about that. I don't need to hear about it. Like, I think you should be allowed to paint whatever you want, and if you're a sucker enough to fucking buy it, hey, whatever. Have yourself a Waldorf salad while you're at it, you fucking loser. Um, Wash it all down with a nice Waldorf salad. (laughs) That's right. You know what? We should come up with something like this. We're going to call this the acrid salads. He's got your oh, God. <laughs> no, no, we won't be like that gross. What is acrid known for apart from abject poverty and rubber. violence? Rubber. What? How are we going to put that into a culinary? Like, Re- oh, rubber, Oxycontin. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, shit. Uh... Like this. This is my rubber and oxycotton parfait. It is an acrid special. <laughs> it's a parfait. That's great. Now there's you one, layer it. There's one particular institution in Akron that I've never been impressed by, and people still treat it like barbed and fried chicken. There's like you know people think that barbed and fried chicken's great. They're fucking retarded. This is Luigi's Pizza. Okay. Let- <laughs> Let me go ahead and let me go ahead and tell you something. Those of you that are in the area know. First of all, it's a mafia front because it's a cash-only business, and good for them. We're not criticizing that. But it's the only place that's open after midnight, right? So you could go and get hot pizza and like rigatoni and shit and a salad. And the inner belt, which is the gay club, open that closes. There's only a few. They close the Eaton Park. That's gone. You have nowhere to go except Luigi's. Luigi's Pizza is not that good. I've had better pizza at fucking Papa John's, and I'm not being an asshole. I'm being honest. I don't think Luigi's is that good. I just, I just don't think it's that good. I, I, I'm sorry. So there's. I don't, know, I don't know if I've ever eaten it. Don't bother. When you come up to Akron, we can go anywhere. We'll go to fucking McDonald's before we go to fucking Luigi's. Okay. All right. We'll get All the right. Mac rib. That's much more fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just again like the Waldorf salad. Ugats. We don't like that. Uh, you know, it's disgusting. Let's get a couple other items on the board here and see how... Now, before we get into it, we all agree Brian's not here to pollute this episode with his bad opinion on the following subject, which is green bean casserole. We don't like it. It is not served at this house. When I have my wife makes the turkey, It's that is never present. It's canned shit. Yeah, it's get disgusting. It, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> No good. Zero out of ten. Do not recommend. No. You could take that in the Waldorf salad and eat it in the parking lot. That's what it's you like your do. fucking uncle that shows up. Like, hey, I brought green bean salad and a cotton of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll start smoking before I start eating that shit. I can tell you that. Yeah. So oh, you like Newport 100s, kiddo. <laughs> Full flavor. These aren't the yeah. lights either. Full flavor. You're going to be addicted by the end of the holiday. <laughs> smoking out of the tracheotomy. <laughs> um, okay. What do you, what do you feel? I cannot believe, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot believe apple pie made the list of things that people don't like for Thanksgiving. I find that to be an act of treason, especially if it's Dutch apple with the crumblies on top. Mm-hmm. That's filthy, beautiful. We like. It's delicious. Yeah. Macaroni. I like apple pie, but it's... But you Probably, like it. Probably, it's, I like it. I don't dislike it. And I would never turn it down. And I'm one of those people that, like, if it's not, if like, the, the crumb pie, if it's like a, like a double crust, like apple pie, mm. melt, I, I like to have a slice of melted cheddar cheese over my apple pie. That's delicious, by the way. Okay, I wasn't sure if I was. No, 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 you're not alone. Okay, a regular apple pie with the lattice on there. Yes, a slice of American cheese is a beautiful compliment. I've never tried it just because I I'm scared to. No, you won't be. Apples, apples and cheese in general is a Mm. good combination. Agreed. Like like a nice hunk of cheddar and a bite of of some good juicy sweet apple. Mm -hmm. They are a good compliment. They complement each other. Yes, a hundred percent. 100%. 100%. They, they really is a man do. of class. He's right about that. You know, I try. I try. No, I, try. I fully agree. You know, I would But if right. I had to pick, like, favorite pies, like, I'm more of, like, a, like a peach or, say, like, a, a raspberry kind of guy. Fair enough. And if I had to pick a favorite pie, Christopher, we all know the fruit ain't going to make it there. If I have a choice between peanut butter, cream pie, and fucking uh, and fruit, sorry. Sorry. Oh, you have a nut allergy? You're uninvited. Get the fuck yeah, out of here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right. So apple pie made the list for people. Angel, are you keeping it? Are you tossing it? Um, I I keep the apple pie. Okay. Um, okay. You know, I mean, it's not always something that is, um, you know, served at Thanksgiving. It sometimes it shows up and sometimes it doesn't. Um, you know, I like apple pie. I'll eat it, like Christopher was saying. But you know, like. I, I'm more of a decadent dessert person, so I would choose a cheesecake mm. over an apple pie mm-hmm. if I had to pick. Okay. Okay. Next, macaroni and cheese. People don't like macaroni and cheese. I believe those who don't like macaroni and cheese are probably Chinese communist spies, and I would have you executed on the spot for such behavior. This is, this is unacceptable. It's just unacceptable. You don't like macaroni and cheese at Thanksgiving. Whatever. Um, are we keeping it? Lady and gentlemen, right. it's staying. Keeping it, keeping it. it. You, if yeah. you don't like macaroni and cheese, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yes, sir. Corn. Now, I don't know if they're referring to just if you come with Del Monte and fucking empty it and, and microwave it. I agree. Should go. I do the corn dish special, so it's kind of like the corn cake where you take the jiffy, um, uh, the uh, uh, cornbread mix, little egg in there, little sour cream, whip it. You know, get a nice. You uh, were talking about corn pudding. Yeah. Oh shit! Is it good? Is it Pinch good? of brown sugar in that some bitch. It's good stuff. So that stays. But regular corn, probably not. I mean, I could live without it. Not necessarily. I mean, it can go sit with the fucking green beans. Is it bad? No, it's not as bad. 
You could salt and butter that shit and make it taste delicious. You can't do that with the fucking soggy onion straws and that vomit-based sauce that they use. Get it out of here. Mashed potatoes. Now, I don't know, once again, if somebody is a nihilist, if um, you just you want to die and you hate life, but you don't want mashed potatoes at your Thanksgiving, I don't want you at my Thanksgiving. <laughs> right? I agree. Yeah, sorry. You are an infidel. Yes. Infidel. Mashed potatoes are the glue that holds at literally everything together. I yes. agree. You know, it's what it's the binder of the meal. It truly is. If you, you know? don't have mashed potatoes yeah. at Thanksgiving or fucking Christmas or Easter, get the fuck out of here. Agreed. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Carrots. Carrots, I don't mind. I like carrots. Carrots have a good flavor if they're glazed. Very nicely done. Um, but I could take it or leave it. Are we keeping it or are we tossing it? We're getting rid of that. We're getting rid of carrots. Okay, but not with anger. Just, no, uh, just, uh, eh. it's not a Thanksgiving dish to me. Okay, fair enough. Um, pumpkin pie, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now that I can't eat it. Because it will be a, I don't know how to word this, a hazmat disaster. Uh, because pumpkin pie is an absolute unstoppable rebel force upon my digestive tract. It commits several assaults on its way out the door. I can't eat pumpkin pie. I also think that uh, pumpkin pie is a little overrated, to be honest with you. Compared to the other pies that are on offer, I think it's a little overrated. What do you think? Um, I like pumpkin pie. However, not a lot of people that like I roll with really care for pumpkin pie. And so like whenever I have introduced pumpkin pie into the Thanksgiving situation, it often goes to waste because I'm the only person that eats it. And there's only so much shit that I can eat. <laughs> You know, so like I'm I'm not like getting rid of it because I think it's gross. It's just sometimes there's not room for it. Fair enough. Christopher, what do you think of pumpkin pie? I like pumpkin pie. All right. But I like sweet potato pie better. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So we're 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 ki- we're kicking it out or is it staying? It can stay. It can I, stay. I wouldn't ca- I wouldn't kick it out. At some point in time I'm gonna make my way over there and have some pumpkin pie. <laughs> <laughs> I have no shame. Excellent. I have no fucking shame. Nor do yeah. I. No. You know, like, so what? I already had a piece and a half of that other pie and two helpings of mashed potatoes. And <laughs> fuck yeah, I'm going to go have some mountain <laughs> pie. I, I took a nap. I took a nap <laughs> for yeah. a solid 40 minutes. Now I want some pumpkin <laughs> pie. And anyone who gets in my way can fuck off. <laughs> yes, sir. Understood. Yeah. Understood. How about sweet potatoes or yams? Anybody? Uh, I I love sweet potatoes, so that that is an absolute keeper. I like them. I don't yeah. care that I'm already having mashed potatoes. I want mashed potatoes and I want. Sweet I agree potatoes because yeah, they're I fucking agree. different. Yeah, they're fucking yeah. different. Kiss my ass. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I, I agree. want I want both fucking potatoes. I want the sweet potatoes because they're sweet and delicious. Yeah. And I want the mashed potatoes because it's the glue that holds everything together. That's right. And makes for nice poopins. True. Some people would have you believe that you have to choose one or the other. Those that people have to be false. set straight. Yes. There, is no di- there is no dichotomy of potatoes. No. You can no. have them all. They are yin and yang. They complement each That's other. That's right. Yeah. And this is the United States of whatever the fuck I want to do. 
So we'll have them both potatoes. So, no, I don't. So, yes, I do choose, and I do choose both. I choose both, yes. How about that? Um, Coleslaw, not for me that. I like coleslaw, and I don't think that that is a Thanksgiving dish. I just don't feel like there's no fried chicken here, so I don't really need coleslaw. Now, I mean, I, again, I, I love coleslaw. I just don't find it a Thanksgiving dish. Angel, I know that you're not a fan. I've tried coleslaw so many different ways, the variations, different places. I just don't fucking like it. Okay. Christopher? I like a good creamy coleslaw, but that's a summertime barbecue kind of side dish. There you go. That is not a Thanksgiving side dish. Right on. And if you brought coleslaw to my Thanksgiving meal, I would probably look at you and then wonder why I ever expected anything more from you. Because you brought <laughs> fucking coleslaw to the Thanksgiving dinner. Thank you for your obvious contribution. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Thank I agree. You. You took so much off my plate by bringing the fucking coleslaw. Right, exactly. Thank you. It's just like the pumpkin roll thing. It's like, you're just doing this because you want to come here and not like, oh, hey, I, that's like coming to my house and saying, hey, I brought a couple of the, you know, the snack bags of Doritos. If you don't get assaulted by me at the door for such disrespect, then be advised I'm never going to talk to you again. Go ahead. Come on in. It's your last time here. It's your last time here. Load up. Load up, go ahead, go ahead, get get a plate for your cousins. Enjoy your it now, greedy little yep. piggy, because next year you're uninvited. Off the off the list. I'm sorry. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. <laughs> That's right. Um, I can't believe ham made it on here. Uh, if you have a big enough family where a ham is required, man, you're living good. Ham and turkey together, I don't have a problem with that at all. I think ham is delicious. I think that, uh, you're like, well, that's more of an Easter thing. That's more of whenever the fuck I want to eat it thing, mm-hmm. you see? So it'll be served at Christmas, and if you have it at Thanksgiving, good for you. Good for you. Again, we understand that the bird is the show already. It is the... What is it again, Christopher? The bell of the ball. The Thank turkey you. is the bell <laughs> of the ball. <laughs> However, the ham can be a best supporting actor. Nothing wrong with that. Right? Nothing also starring. Also starring. It is a sign of opulence to have That's both. a great way to put it. You're right. And, and I, like you said, I wouldn't disagree, but to me, turkey for Thanksgiving, ham for Christmas. Agreed. That's how I roll. Yeah, that's how I roll in my Some motherfuckers try to insert turkey at Christmas time. Should we get a turkey this year? No, no. bitch. No, it's no turkey already had its fucking holiday. Yep. And the entire month was a build up to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. To the climax. Mm-hmm. Boom. Done. I don't want turkey anymore. I'm on to the also starring. Like, also, that's that. right. Yes. Give me that Absolutely. ham. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Swine is divine. Swine is divine. So, yeah, but I'm keeping it. If option is given, the ham can stay. It can stay. Yeah, yeah it can stay. 100%. It can stay. Supporting rule. Cranberry sauce. Now, I'm going to go ahead and make this something very clear to you. If you come to me, once again, I'm standing at the threshold of Castle Von J. Kulu, and you come to me with one of those homemade cranberry sauce with the big pieces of cranberry to show me that you got it from your garden over the summer i'm going to reject it immediately and say listen i don't trust what the fuck you made i'm not putting it on my turkey cranberry sauce in this house is served but it's served in a can 
You're going to laugh. Some people will laugh, and others will need an explanation. I'm going to go right to the explanation. When that jelly, gelatin form comes out of that can, it has lines from the can. Those lines are a guide for what the slice should look like when you put it on the turkey. It also goes nice and smears right onto the turkey. You don't need a lot of it, okay? The, the can is reliable. The can is, is um, you know, it's the same consistency every time. I know what I'm getting. You could have put two pounds of sugar and cocaine in your fucking uh, cranberry salad, whatever, that you brought to my house that you decided to throw raisins and fruit and salad and other shit in there. Because people get weird with their homemade recipes. Oh, this was passed down from my grandma Bertha, who was from Bavaria, and they had a plethora of, of sour pears. And, and, you know, they incorporated sour... Okay, well, let me... T- this is Ohio, and I don't do that here. So you can keep... <laughs> You can keep that shit in fucking Bavaria with your dead great grandmother. It's not coming here. It comes in ocean spray can. <laughs> okay. That so cranberry stays, but it's got to be mm-hmm. the ocean spray is the gold standard. That's just me. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else have a problem with uh with cranberry sauce? No, sir. I, I don't dislike cranberry sauce, although it's never been a part of my traditional Thanksgiving meal okay. because nobody in my family likes it. I don't mind it. And whether it's somebody's fancy amuse-bouche fucking version of, right. of cranberry sauce or, or it's the canned ocean spray, I'll eat either or. Well you know, if you brought it, I'd be like, oh, you know, okay, okay, okay. Thanks for the fucking cranberry sauce. Uh, I'm not offering you any cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> But it's not a get the fuck out of here. You can stay. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not. You can stay. You can stay. You don't get a take home piece of cheesecake. You lost. <laughs> your, you lost your place on that. Right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And then finally, this is up Angel's alley. Once again, I'm going to go ahead and state, I she makes a turkey for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. In fact, rave reviews have been said about her turkey. Yeah. She hates turkey. I don't hate turkey. I just don't care for it that much. I would prefer to eat ham. She, I like she, the pig. She channels her hatred into the turkey as she's cooking it. <laughs> and it's, it turns out to be it with the olive oil. oil and she's like, this <laughs> well, I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, fuck you, asshole. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say right now that turkey not only stays, but it is, in fact, the bell. Of the bull. It is the bell of the bull. <laughs> so, turkey staying. Um, again, if macaroni and cheese isn't something you... Like, we're having a, um, we're having a gluten-free vegan Thanksgiving. Tell you what, don't have any. Just go to work. Mm-hmm. Just go to work. Don't take the <laughs> right? day off. You're wasting yeah. your time. You know. I don't know what this is all about either. Like, I get that some people, they can't... They choose not to. They choose not to eat meat. And they want everything to be vegan. But the plants are alive. They're alive. Yeah. Everything's alive. Yeah. Like you're fucking... What the fuck are we talking about here? I don't know. Well, where do you draw the line? Are you just going to starve to death because everything's alive? You know, The trees are alive. It's funny because I know a lot of, of animal rights people have dogs and cats. And I hate to tell you... Both those animals are omnivores, which means they also eat meat. And when you die, your cat's going to eat your fucking eyeballs. Yeah, so have a steak. 
Just, yeah. just relax. We could have nuclear war with Russia any minute right now. Have a steak. Have the turkey. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the conclusion of today's episode. I thank you for sticking with us. I think we covered some really fun stuff today. It was a little bit more lighthearted. We started off in the very dark side of things. However, we're here laughing, having a good time. If you're fortunate enough to have Thanksgiving with people that you love and care about, you're, you're already doing wonderful, even if it's just one person. Even if it's just one person to sit with you that you enjoy their company. We have, all, not to get preachy, you know me, I don't believe in nothing. But I do know that every single one of these holidays is limited time only. You don't get an infinite shot of these. You eventually run out of Thanksgivings with people that you love. I have a dad that's going to be turning 91. I don't know how many more I have left with him. So I enjoy them all. Um, I hope that you're able to enjoy them all. Like I said, if you have one person that you can sit with that gives a shit enough about you to eat with you, you're a very fortunate individual, okay? If you have a big family to get to sit down and eat with, go ahead, chop it up with the politics, but understand, even if you disagree with these people, if you love them, know that someday they're not going to be able to come to dinner anymore or you're going to be absent. This all comes to an end, so let's enjoy it while we have it. I'd like to give thanks, of course... To the listeners of this show, the people that stuck with us, our patrons, and of course the uh, the uh, uh, the sponsors of the show, I'm very grateful for the friends that I made on this program. So I'd like to give thanks to them. Uh, met a lot of great people doing this uh, this show that seven and a half of you still listen to. Um, I'm very grateful for the uh, for the, the patrons, the B siders, you know, the people that uh, that pay us the Costco price that we fix it at two dollars, and unlike their hot dog. You could come back and revisit as long as you pay two bucks a month. The entire catalog is yours to enjoy. And thank you for believing in the show. Um, but yeah, be thankful for what you got because tomorrow everything could change real fast. Real fast. Yeah. I try to keep that in mind when I'm going down 76 in Allegheny County doing 105 miles an hour so I'm not late to work. And realize, you know what, maybe 75 is okay because work isn't that important. And if I crash my shitty car right now... They're going to have to scrape me off of the pavement. Uh, it's not worth it. So enjoy what you got, because tomorrow, is it's not promised to anybody. Um, today is the best day until tomorrow. So enjoy it. Have a great Thanksgiving. We're thankful for all of you. And let's give thanks to our sponsors, of course, Vandalay Industries, New York, New York. Coming in hot with Latex Import-Export. Talk to Art. Art's a good guy. He knows Latex. I also like to thank AgorisNexus.com, uh, the premier sponsor of these guys in that podcast. I paint Akron. All accidents are happy accidents. Team Mandalore keeps cycling weird. Ray Fab, a fine art and design from the Great Lakes, who designed our new logo based on the Tarantino film that I love, that we love, Reservoir Dogs. Fantastic film. But ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and discuss what we should be doing here approaching this great holiday. It's too late for you to invest in some of this soap, but let me lay out a picture for you. Close your eyes, transport yourself to the Thanksgiving table, or maybe you folks in England and Scotland and Ireland, maybe you guys are doing the Sunday dinner, got the roast on, maybe you got a little turkey going on. You close your eyes, you can smell the turkey, you smell the mashed potatoes, gravy, but then all of a sudden, this disgusting smell begins attacking your senses. No good. Somebody walks by opens their mouth and says, hi, how's it going? And the stink from the armpits and the asshole and the unwashed genitalia and the undertit attacks your senses. The roast is erased from your mind. 
The turkey has disappeared. The mashed potatoes have been drowned by filth. All of this could have been avoided, ladies and gentlemen, if you would have purchased soap from our friend Todd mm-hmm. and his very gay soap from AkronApothecary.com. Hand-pressed, cold-pressed, handmade gay soap from precious, supple gay hands to your dirty asshole to solve all of your problems. Again, engagement season is coming up, folks. Those people who are buying uh, wedding uh, or engagement rings to you know get their life started, they met somebody special. Christmas coming up already. It's crazy. It's crazy. We're going to be talking about Christmas here in about a month, right? A month and four days. It's nuts. It's crazy. But a lot of people are getting engaged. Maybe you're going to that special someone's house for the first time as a couple on a holiday, right? You're sitting next to Mr. Frank Smith. You know, you're dating his daughter, Alice Smith. And then Frank looks over at you. He gets a whiff of that gay soap. He's like, what is that, bourbon? You got that bourbon flavor? Is it that brown soap from Todd's Gay Soap? You know Todd's Gay Soap? Of course I know Todd's Gay Soap. I'm a man of class and culture. Next thing you know, you're in with Papa. That means Alice Smith is like, I'm impressed. My dad likes you. I'm going to suck that clean dick. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Todd's Gay Soap brings results. Brings results to the table. Even if you break up because you're like, you know what? We're not good for each other. Mr. Smith is going to remember. Like that fine young man that you brought to the table smelled like Todd's Gay Soap and he knew what it was. I like him. You made a bad choice. Ladies and gentlemen, Todd's Gay Soap is... Oh, that's dang ass. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Have a great day. Enjoy it. Uh, We'll talk again soon. Uh, Sally Agoris is going to be coming on next month. Also, Elliot's going to be joining us closer to Christmas. We're going to do the cryptid runoff. We're going to start categorizing... We got some fun stuff planned ahead, so stay tuned, stay focused, and stay clean. We'll see you later. Bye.